0: So picture this, you've had a busy day, you're on the run and you stop your car briefly outside a cafe so you can run in and grab a sandwich and a coffee. You know it's only going to take two minutes, so you leave the car running and you leave the car open. When you finally get your sandwich and walk back outside, you realise that the car has been stolen. Not alone this, but the getaway driver who stolen your car has managed to collide with a pedestrian. And flash forward a few months to when the pedestrian is suing you for being so foolish to leave that car unlocked, and claiming that ultimately, you were responsible for his injuries. So who is in the wrong here, and who should be held responsible? Welcome to Legally Fond. Welcome to Season 3 of Legally Fond, in association with LawSchool.ie. LawSchool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inn's entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter pre-recorded workshops are also available. Courses commence in June and November and you can register anytime at LawSchool.ie. For the duration of this season, we're giving away a free subject course worth €355, Euro, which can be used for any FE1 or King's Inns prep course subject with LawSchool.ie. For your chance to win that, head to our Instagram. It's legally underscore fond. And on that same Instagram account, we've got your chance to win a legal textbook with thanks to Claris Press. Check it out for your chance to win.
1: It is an act of folly to leave one's motor car in the public street, according to Mr. Justice Fenley. So... A man was driving down the road on Talbot Street and decided that he wanted to go in for a coffee and a sandwich into a coffee shop. He left his car with the keys in the ignition, still running, and went into a uh, Time Express on Talbot Street. As anybody who knows in the city of Dublin, probably not the best idea and the worst happened. So the thief saw the car, he thought, well, engine running, cars in the ignition might as well have a go so he hopped in the car and started driving sped down talbot street and then turned onto talbot lane where the plaintiff in this case was hit by the car as he so mr breslin who was hit by the car decided well i'm going to sue the owner of the car he was negligent he shouldn't have left his car with the keys in the ignition
2: on talbot street
1: and if he hadn't done it
2: i wouldn't have gotten hit by a car this guy who uh hit the plaintiff in this case is probably the world's worst getaway driver I mean he had one job get the car away from the scene of the crime and he he screwed it in the first corner so I don't have much respect from him from the outset would any would would either
0: of you Pierce I know you you don't drive but Alex you're the appropriate person to ask this question to have you ever left your car running or left the car unlocked when
1: you've gone into like a petrol station or anything like that no no I'd never do that I'd always Make sure I take the keys with me. The thing I worry about is like not even a handbrake on or something, but I don't think anybody's going to be rolling the thing away from me that fast. So,
2: this is obviously somebody who really had the, you know, the sandwich and coffee on their mind to, to such an extent that they neglected every other um, normal. Uh, element of operating a car so much so that he had he had to get in with such pace to to get his sandwich and coffee and i hope it was a good one uh subsequently such was the damage that was caused by his his negligence or alleged negligence in this case do you think he might have been Uh trying to dodge the clampers the clampers wouldn't clamp
0: a a car that had the engine running i assume
2: oh and your dad leaves you in the
1: car like if anybody comes, don't leave. Don't say anything. Just yeah, sit exactly. there. Just start crying. Yeah, you know? yeah I'll say I'll, I'll be back in five minutes. Stranger danger. Yeah. Stranger yeah. danger. <laughs> yeah, to, Pierce can turn on the uh, waterworks very easily. I have some sympathy for him. I usually um, on Salteco and Baggett Street. There's a loading bay that, if you're quick and there's no queue, you
2: can park in the loading bay, just run in, grab your burrito, and uh, scamper out of there. Unfortunately, in the the first instance, or the the high court instance of this case, had um, £65,000 at the time awarded uh, against him. So that was considerably more expensive. I'd say it was probably a lot more expensive than the car, even. Well, I I
0: know it's bad enough getting your car stolen, but then getting dragged into the supreme court a few months later uh, realizing that your car has collided into a pedestrian and hit somebody and injured them he's in a pretty terrible situation all for the sake of a sandwich and a coffee so legally speaking mr breslin the unfortunate pedestrian who was hit by this getaway driver or this car thief is suing mr corcoran the car owner on the grounds that he was negligent for leaving the car running and leaving the doors open in such a busy place. Pierce, tell us, what are the ingredients of negligence? What do you have to prove to show that Mr. Corcoran, the owner of the car, owed a duty of care to pedestrians like Mr.
2: Breslin? Well, this is rather handily summarized by the judge in this case. Um, And when courts are ruling on the existence of a duty of care, they have to take into account a number of factors, um, primarily those of foreseeability and proximity. So this kind of relates to the idea of causation. So if, if I do something or I neglect to do something, what is the likelihood that there will be a subsequent event to the detriment of somebody else as a result of my action or inaction. Proximity, then, is obviously the causal or temporal link between the events. Was there something that was so outrageous and so uh, incomprehensible um, or unforeseeable that it it breaks this chain? And also, of course, um, as courts generally have regard for, things that have to be taken into consideration are fairness, justice, and reasonableness. Um, when it comes to the question of foreseeability, the judge can see here that, you know, in, in a way, if you take this, you know, this analogy, they, they talk about the butterfly effect, almost anything is potentially foreseeable. You know, it, it's, it's the, the kind of chaos theory. If a butterfly flaps its wings and this causes a slight gust of wind, potentially everything could be attributed to that butterfly's action. So there has to be this this kind of underlying thread of of reasonableness uh, reasonableness throughout the analysis. But uh, as the judge opens his judgment with the line uh, which Alex um, wonderfully uh, began as well, it is an act of folly to leave one's motor car in the public street. I think it's quite obvious uh, city centre, if you leave the car unattended, not only unattended, still running, keys in the ignition, even for a brief time, it is highly likely, if not a certainty, that somebody's going to, somebody with a nefarious motive is going to take advantage and capitalize on this. It is the easiest chance to steal a car you're ever going to get though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, the guy... Do you think this guy was just walking down the street
2: and he said, oh my God, this is the easiest hustle I've ever had to do? Well, it, 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 would, it would appear uh, based on how things panned out that he didn't really have a plan um, based on, on what unfortunately occurred thereafter. But um, yeah, was this just a kind of opportunistic um, um, thief? I mean, look, it, we were saying thief even the judge concedes that this guy might have fully intended to return the car after taking it for a spin or gone and gone on a bit of a joyride and it all ended horribly wrong but um yeah look it's it's it, it's definitely a silly thing to do but but based on 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 that look we we can say that from you know general kind of lay person point of view it's a silly thing to do you shouldn't do it but does it amount to a to, to negligent behavior
0: well the judge said and i think we probably agree on this it is foreseeable. If you leave a car in broad daylight, cars, uh, you know, engine running, unlocked in the city centre of Dublin, it, it's foreseeable that it's going to get stolen. It's foreseeable that someone might steal something from it or steal the car itself. But th- The question was different. The question was, was it foreseeable that the pedestrian was going to get hit here?
1: Do you assume that the thief is going to be a good thief? or a bad thief. It's giving him a bit of credit, just call him a thief even, because he didn't actually have to do anything to steal the car. He just drove
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah. I mean, there was no kind of sophisticated um, breaking into the car. There was no hot hot wiring or breaking the system or whatever the the case may be. But um, yeah, look, this is somebody who clearly has a, 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 you know, proven disregard for what our society's, um, conceptions of normal normal and accepted conduct i.e you don't go around stealing cars he's disregard for the law on this matter it's obvious that that's something you shouldn't do should we assume then that having dropped you know is is, when he's now behind the the wheel of the car that he's going to operate this vehicle in line with all the motoring codes and and the the road traffic acts and everything he's going to stop at every red light he's going to let every pedestrian cross I, i think it's a bit of a stretch to say okay he's stolen the car that was something that's morally reprehensible. But now we assume that it's a clean slate once he's behind the wheel of the vehicle and he's going to drive like every, uh, every good and, 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 um, and uh, clued in driver would. Doesn't it which imply almost
0: like, when there's a criminal getaway that the, criminal is, the thief is going to have to make a speedy getaway and is going to drive dangerously? Have you ever seen an action movie where a thief stops at a red light when he's stolen a car?
1: But isn't that the thing, don't you, like, if you watch The Wire, it's all about, like, make sure you have your brake lights on and that you don't draw attention to yourself. Because kind if you drive in plain sight. Yeah, like, isn't that the, like, all the gangster movies I've watched have said, you know, make sure you stop for red lights, don't break the speed limit, uh, like, don't draw attention to yourself. That's the, like, I'm not sure mm. if that's in the handbook
2: or anything, but... Well, they... if, it, if it is in the handbook, he threw it out the, the window of the car when he was driving away because... He did not um... it. Like, it's not the, in the thief's
1: interest to hit somebody. See a car like that, in a sense, it's perfectly rational in that it's very easy. It's a very easy way to make money if you sell it. But you don't want to hit somebody and then like render the car kind of useless because then you can't sell it. Like so it's perfectly rational to
2: drive in a way that's not going to like damage the car or anybody else because that makes it more difficult. The way I see it is there are three key events in in the narrative of this case. You have the uh, abandoning of the vehicle at the side of talbot street um by the uh, by the driver you have the subsequent bad idea. um yeah bad idea certainly you have the subsequent um capitalizing on this situation by the thief, and then finally you have the act which is at play here, which is when um this guy knocks over a pedestrian so in between the um the the car being left on the pavement and the plaintiff being hit, you have the thief getting behind the wheel of the car. Does that amount to such a break in the chain of causation as to the point that it will mean the guy who left the car there is no longer negligent? His duty of care has, uh, has extinguished uh, uh, as such and, and has, has moved so far beyond his realm of control that he couldn't possibly be held liable. There was discussion about this in the case and the judge said that
0: the owner of the car in this case can still be liable where the act that happens is the very act that he is meant to guard against or protect against happening. Look, once the car was stolen, what happened to the car was beyond the control of the fella who owns the car who was in the coffee shop getting a sandwich and drinking his coffee. He had no control over how the getaway driver drove the car. So why then... In any circumstances, would he be responsible for how the getaway driver drove that car?
1: Because that's stupid to leave the car going in the first place. I'm playing devil's advocate here because I do act- like I think it is a bit ridiculous that you assume somebody's going to get hit if your car gets stolen or you should be responsible. I guess from a common sense point of view, he was being a bit thick. So this is his his- a punishment for his stupidity. Well, it's all- yeah, it's like the universe saying like, oh, come on now.
2: Well, look, there, there are no real mitigating circumstances. If it was the case that he abandoned the car on Talbot Street to rush to the aid of, of another pedestrian who had fallen off their bike and was seriously injured or something like that had happened, And as a result, he had, you know, his mind was elsewhere. He was, he was pumped full of adrenaline. He rushed to this person's aid. He'd left the car running, the doors open, whatever the case may be. And that then the thief capitalized on this opportunity to take the car. Potentially then you could say, well, as a good Samaritan, this man had, as any per- person should, stopped his car to attend to an injured individual. And it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances that a thief um, pounced upon this moment to take the car and then subsequently run somebody over up the road. This wasn't the case. He hopped out the car to get himself a sandwich and a coffee at his leisure, Do you know. So, like, really, there's, he, he's not exactly a sympathetic uh, individual in, in this scenario. They didn't say how nice the car was. Would that have made a difference? Like, if you'd let some kind of awful, banged up thing outside, like, would anybody want to steal it? At the end of the day, whether it's a Rolls Royce or a 1990s Toyota Rover. Corolla, yeah. uh, if it hits a fella, it's still going to do a bit of damage. So ultimately, I mean, that i tell person you what, I'm much rather get, get hit by a Rolls Royce, Royce yeah. though. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the judge notes that the very thing that this guy should have been guarding against is the theft of his vehicle. Okay, that is also one of the responsibilities that comes with owning this type of private property is that you're meant to guard against its, its misuse and its, its um, potential for so endangerment of, of pedestrians. He's an aegis. He's, he's responsible for the
0: car being stolen. That's not the question. Is he responsible for the pedestrian being hit. Yes,
2: because they're so they're so intrinsically linked to another. This thief couldn't have knocked the pedestrian over h- had he not been able to access this car so easily and readily. That 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 is, you know, I mean, there, there was no look, you know, had he locked the car, had he a, a, an alarm on the car, and and taken all the reasonable precautions that a normal person would in trying to prevent or deter the theft of that vehicle, then yes, it would be a stretch to suggest that um, in this situation.
1: Maybe. Maybe we've got it all wrong, Pierce. Maybe he was kind of operating under the under the assumption that, you know, people are good. He had that much faith in humanity that he thought he could leave his car running with the keys in, go get a coffee and a sandwich
2: and then come back and his car would still be there. Well, look, he should be commended for that, if that is the case. But equally, maybe if, if he we... believes in this good nature of people, he should be forthcoming with the uh, the moolah for this poor individual who got knocked down as a result of his carelessness and recklessness. But maybe we're maybe we're being too cynical.
1: Maybe you know
2: we should be able, we should aim for a society where we can leave cars unlocked and keys in the ignition. Well, look, I, you know, as well as I do, Alex, that it's not for the courts to, uh, to mandate particular social policies. That is the, the, <laughs> remit, the remit of the legislature. Um, but uh, look, let's see what Justice Fenley said in this case. He said it cannot be seriously disputed that it was reasonably foreseeable as well as likely that the unattended car with its keys in the ignition would be stolen. I think it is obvious that to do all these things in a busy city street without any mitigating circumstances is an act of gross carelessness. That says it all, doesn't it really? Ah, but carelessness, key word in that sentence.
0: Yeah, what does he say at the very end then about whether or not he's liable for the pedestrian?
2: There is nothing in the present case to suggest that the first-named defendant, um, i.e. the person who uh, oh, uh, left, the car, yeah. uh, abandoned the car, uh, should have anticipated as a reasonable probability that the car, if stolen, will be driven so carelessly as to cause injury to another user of the road, such as the plaintiff. Well, that wraps up this episode of Legally
0: Funds. Just to remind you, we're giving away a legal textbook with thanks to Clarice Press on our Instagram account. It's legally underscore fond. And if you enjoyed this episode, we've got so many more where this came from. I think we've got something like 40 episodes in total between our first two seasons and thus far in the third season. It's all on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for you to enjoy. Talk to you soon.